0: Welcome to the show about your kids' secret life, an inside peek at what today's kids are really doing online and with technology. Each week, you'll hear the latest trends and get tips to keep them safe while keeping your sanity. So here are your hosts, cybersecurity experts, best-selling authors, and parents of four teens, Lisa and Chris Good.
1: Hey everyone. Welcome to the show that lets you see behind the curtain of what today's kids are doing with technology. I'm your host, Lisa Good. Well, If your kids play Fortnite and they are in a really bad mood, it's probably because both Apple and Google have dropped the game from their app stores. The horror, I know. Epic, the company behind Fortnite, has apparently breached the app developer terms and conditions with both companies and is now suing them both, claiming they're a monopoly. It will be interesting to see how this one plays out. Now, your kids can still get the game directly from Epic's website, but it's been said to not run as smoothly. So just know that this is tough news for kids, just like the possible TikTok ban. And be prepared for wailing and gnashing of teeth in your house if your kids are already engaged with this game or TikTok and things don't go back to normal, or at least they're normal. Now, I've already talked with parents whose kids are threatening meal strikes, school strikes, and death if TikTok is banned. Seriously? Over an app. Folks, I don't even know what to say on that. All right, moving on. It's a new week and a new adventure for the influencers that many of your kids follow. YouTubers, the Stokes twins, have been charged and could face up to four years in state prison for their role in two fake bank robberies. What? Well, Alan and Alex Stokes are popular internet pranksters who have over 4.8 million followers. The charges against them are for incidents that took place in October of 2019. The 23-year-old brothers pretended to rob a bank, and then they ordered an Uber. The Uber driver refused to pick them up. A witness to the exchange believed the brothers had actually robbed a bank and were attempting to carjack the driver, and they called the police. When the police arrived, they ordered the Uber driver out at gunpoint, but realized that he wasn't involved, and they let him go. I'm telling you what, if I were that Uber driver, I'd be suing those kids. Well, the district attorney's office said police issued a warning to the brothers and let them go. Hours later, police received emergency calls from citizens about two bank robbers on the University of California, Irvine campus. The district attorney said, these were not pranks. These are crimes that could have resulted in someone getting seriously injured or even killed. Law enforcement officers are sworn to protect the public, and when someone calls 911 to report an active bank robbery, they're gonna respond to protect lives. Instead, what they found was some kind of twisted attempt to gain more popularity on the internet by unnecessarily putting members of the public and police officers in danger. Now, in a video posted to their YouTube channel, which had over 1.4 million views, and it's since been deleted, it shows the brothers dressed in all black with ski masks on and duffel bags of cash, real cash, pretending to rob a bank. The video also shows bystanders calling the police and video of the police arriving at the scene. It's a crazy video. I did get a chance to see it. Now, the brothers are each being charged with one felony count of false imprisonment affected by violence, menace, fraud, or deceit, as well as one misdemeanor count of falsely reporting an emergency. Can you imagine the consequences if someone would have gotten shot by the police or run over by a police car or run over by any car. They said people were stopping in the middle of the street. It's it's just insane to me. Now, while some of the brothers' pranks are just silly, if you've been to their YouTube channel, some of them are really silly. But what I've noticed is that they've been ramping up their pranks because after all, there are younger influencers out there now and they're trying to stay on top. So it's important to know who your kids are following and watching, but it's even more important to have conversations with them about what they're seeing. Kids are impressionable, and if they see these two getting millions of likes for a video, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if kids would think to themselves, hey, me and my friends can do that, and we could even do it better. And that will catapult us to viral fame. Now, in the same week, another one of YouTube's most prominent influencer pranksters, Jake Paul, had his home raided by the FBI. There's video footage of them coming out with guns and electronics. They also raided one of his friend's house and left with similar items. The complete details of what he did and why he's being investigated are currently sealed by the FBI. These influencers have to keep upping the ante to stay famous and relevant. And you have to remember, your kids are watching. If you aren't talking to them about their world and what they see, you aren't going to be able to influence them for good. Now, in the past week, I've been asked by a lot of parents what I would recommend to monitor Snapchat. And here's my answer. Nothing. There is not a tool out there to date that effectively monitors Snapchat. And honestly, I don't believe there ever will be because Snap Inc. doesn't want there to be. The reality is that Snapchat was not created for kids. It was created for adults that wanted to hook up or those that wanted to send inappropriate photos or messages to each other and then have them self-destruct or disappear. You know, the famous deleting videos and pictures. So here are some recent headlines about Snapchat. And when I say recent, I mean in the last 12 months. This is their news. 13-year-old kidnapped, assaulted, murdered, and set on fire by a man she met on Snapchat. Next headline. 19 and 14-year-old killed teen after luring him out of the house via Snapchat. Next headline, 20-year-old arrested after raping 11 and 13-year-old he met on Snapchat. Next headline, 17-year-old girl raped at a party by three teens who posted videos and photos is in critical condition after attempted suicide. On Snapchat, North Carolina State University freshman sues Snapchat and Tinder after photos of her sexual assault keep appearing online. Can you imagine that? She was physically assaulted and the videos and photos keep appearing and Snapchat and Tinder won't take them down. How disgusting is that? 20-year-old charged in raping 12-year-old he met on Snapchat. He told her that he was 16 and she told him that she was 15. 13-year-old runs away with man she met on Snapchat who attempted to sell her into sex trafficking. Man poses as therapist or a counselor that works with kids on Snapchat and blackmails 13-year-old into sending explicit photos. High school coach arrested for child exploitation with four female students via Snapchat. Snapchat used to groom and sell 17-year-old sex trafficking victim. 21-year-old Snapchat drug dealer arrested on murder charges after selling fentanyl-laced pills as oxycodone to teens. One dies and the other almost dies and suffers brain damage. An 18-year-old right outside of Memphis was lured to his death by fake Snapchat date. They shot him three times in the back and stole his wallet. I could go on and on with these news headlines, but I wanna give you just one more. Last June, a 21-year-old posed as a millionaire on Snapchat and convinced an 18-year-old that he had formed an online relationship with that he would pay her $9 million for a murder as as long as it was photographed and videoed and sent to him via Snapchat. Not only did this young girl agree But she recruited four of her friends to help her, promising them a cut of the money. And yes, she sent photos and videos. It wasn't until after she killed her friend who had a developmental disability that she learned she had been duped or catfished. I hope they throw the book at those kids and put them in jail forever. But again, Snapchat. It's all about Snapchat, folks. There is nothing good, uplifting, or edifying about Snapchat. Nothing. I think it's time that we parents start asking ourselves some tough questions when it comes to Snapchat. Do your kids really need to have Snapchat? Can't they just text each other? If they have a smartphone, they can text. They don't have to have Snapchat. There are other things they can do besides Snapchat. It's time for us to have the conversation of what good comes from Snapchat and why are we letting our kids participate in Snapchat? Why? Not that any of the other platforms are any better. I just think it's time that we as parents really sit down and have that conversation with ourselves and say, why are we doing this? Why are we letting our kids participate in this? What is the benefit of them doing this? And I go with the adage that my dad used to say to me when I'd say, oh, well, everyone else is doing it, dad. You know, I wanna go to the concert because everyone else is going. Oh, I wanna go to the dance because everyone else is going. Oh, I wanna do, Fill in the blank because everyone else is doing it. My dad would say, Lisa, if everyone else is going to jump off the cliff, are you going to jump off the cliff too? If everyone else is going to jump off the bridge, are you going to jump off the bridge too? These companies don't care about our kids. All they care about is taking the data that they're gathering from them and selling it and also changing how they think and feel that's the whole motivation behind social media and i just think it's time that we as parents reevaluate why we let our kids participate well stay tuned we'll be back in a few minutes
0: wouldn't it be great to stay up to date without being overwhelmed it's possible and easy Just sign up for our free cyber alert emails. We take the guesswork out of knowing what's going on with kids and technology. We provide the essentials that parents, grandparents, and adults working with children should know in today's digital world. Just visit yourkidssecretlife.com forward slash radio and sign up today.
2: We're going to talk about
0: what's going on
2: in the news right now. The coronavirus and how that might affect you and your kids, as well as some things you may want to think about.
1: Oh yes, the coronavirus. Now, don't confuse that with Corona the beer. That's not what it is. We're talking about the virus that's causing massive disruption in travel, the stock market, events, and conferences, and even with schools.
2: Yeah, and not just the K-12 schools. This is affecting colleges all across the nation.
1: Yes, it is, and we'll get to some of that, but let's start off with talking about how many germs we collect on our smartphones. Did you know that our smartphone screens have more germs on them than a
2: toilet seat? Ooh, yuck. No way. That can't be right.
1: Yes, it is. And actually, there's 25,127 bacteria per square inch to be precise.
2: Now, I don't think I want to think about that. How can you possibly collect that much?
1: Well, because it's the one item that never leaves your side. You know, people take it with them to the bathroom, you use it in the kitchen, and then it touches your face, you put it on your desk, and well, just about every other surface within arm's reach. In fact, some people even place it face down on restaurant tables. Now, just imagine all the places your kids go and where they take their smartphones. Yeah,
2: Now don't just take our word for it. According to a 2011 survey study done by researchers at the London School of Hygiene and Topical Medicine, fecal matter can actually be found on one out of every six smartphones. Ooh,
1: that's just nasty. So so why are our phones so disgusting?
2: Well, according to Dr. Gerba, the University of Arizona microbiology professor, we touch more surfaces than any generation in history. From ATM machines to self-checkout counters, you're picking up germs all the time on your hands and fingers and then putting them on your cell phone and bringing that close to your nose, mouth, or eyes. Wow. And that's just us
1: adults. When you think about what kids touch on a daily basis, school lockers, bus seats, water fountains, swings, slides, balls, and who knows what else. Yeah. We
2: didn't even talk about or mention worms, ants, crackers, you know, any other type of things that are, well, uh, what about picking their nose?
1: Okay, Chris, we're not going to talk about boogers. Just forget it. But really, it's easy to see why their smartphones are seven times dirtier than your toilet. Ooh, that's gross. I know, I know. I'm seriously, I'm one of those germaphobe moms. If I had a dime for every time I've said to my kids, did you wash your hands? I didn't hear that water running long enough. Wash them again right here where I can see you. And when I go to the grocery store, I do not like to touch the shopping cart handles. And I will admit, I'm also the mom who carries paper towels in my purse when I fly because I don't want to use those nice green and environmentally friendly Dyson air dryers that actually spew germs all over the place. Did you know those air dryers spread 1,300 times more germs than paper towels?
2: No, you can't be serious. you got to be kidding.
1: No, I'm not. There's actually research and real data on that. It was published in the Journal of Applied Microbiology. So we're saving trees, but we're spreading germs and disease, folks.
2: All right, now you've gone down the rabbit hole. Okay, I got to bring you back. Oh, I'm sorry about
1: that. Sometimes it just sort of happens with me as a mom. But back to how your smartphone is dirtier than your toilet. So there is a solution. We've got to clean and disinfect them. As simple as that sounds, it's not quite that easy. And if you're not careful, you can end up damaging your phone or ruining the
2: screen. So you're saying there's a right way and a wrong way to clean a phone? Yep. Yep.
1: And if you do it the wrong way, you could end up with an angry spouse or teenager and find yourself at Verizon or AT&T shelling out some more money to buy some new phones.
2: Hey, nobody wants that.
1: Well, thankfully, it's pretty easy to avoid. Can
2: you just dump Clorox on it or what?
1: Uh, um, yes and no. Well, for a long time, the advice from Apple and other smartphone makers was only use a lint-free microfiber cloth. However, as of March 9th, they've changed their tune. Now you can use the Clorox disinfecting wipes, but not the ones with bleach in them. And here's why. Your phone has a special coating on its screen to help prevent fingerprints from completely smudging up the glass. Now this coating is also on any of the screen protectors that you might have on your smartphone. It's natural for this protection to slowly wear off over time, but using something like a Clorox wipe that has bleach in it will eat this finish away in no time at all.
2: So if your phone's a few years old or you simply don't care much about it, go ahead, whip out that Clorox wipe and use it as if it's the only thing you have.
1: Now, there are some disinfectant wipes that are made just for smartphones, and I'm pretty sure Lysol has some, although you'll probably have a hard time finding them right now at this time.
2: Right. With the run-on Clorox wipes in general, there is another way that you can do that is completely safe and inexpensive. Really? What? Take 70% isopropyl alcohol and you mix the alcohol in a one-to-one ratio with distilled water and then put it in a spray bottle. Then just spray a microfiber cloth and clean away. You'll have a germ-free phone without destroying it.
1: And you can also use this cleaning method with any type of smartphones. And you can clean your tablets, iPads, and laptops the same way. Just a word of caution. Be very careful on the other types of devices to not get any liquid in the keyboard, the ports, or anywhere it has an opening because you can damage the device if you do.
2: Now, some of you may be thinking, I have a waterproof or water-resistant phone, so I'm just going to dunk it in some soapy water, scrub it for a few minutes, and it'll be good. Nope, nope, don't do that. Even though the phones say they're waterproof, they aren't meant to be immersed in water and then scrubbed down with Dawn dish soap.
1: Yes, waterproof just means if someone pushes you in the pool or you accidentally head into the ocean with your phone in your pocket, like someone sitting beside me, you can get out of the water, let it dry out, and it should be okay. So be smart about how often you clean your family's phones. You don't need to clean them every day, but it won't hurt them if you do, as long as you use the methods we just mentioned.
2: Oh, there is one other way to clean your phones that we forgot to mention. We're going to tell you about it, but just know that they are sold out on Amazon and on their website as of right now.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine why.
2: Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Oh yes, the
1: phone soap. It's a phone sanitizer. The only one that's been patented and proven to work.
2: So you're saying there's copycats and knockoffs?
1: Yes, there are. But these guys were featured on the Discover channel and also on Shark Tank. Basically, it's a UV sanitizing device. They have several model options. If you want to pre-order one, it looks like they're shipping between April 15th and May 30th based on the model you get.
2: Now, to be clear, we aren't paid to tell you about this gizmo in any way.
1: You see, we have one of these, and we've had ours long before the coronavirus came out, especially since I'm a germaphobe. Now, if you have kids, you may want to seriously consider getting one of these, especially before next fall and flu season starts up again.
2: So we mentioned earlier about how this virus is affecting schools across the U.S., and not just grade schools, but also colleges. As parents ourselves, we know how much of a challenge this could be and just want to give you some ideas to consider, So that if it happens in your community, you're not completely stressed out and don't go into total panic mode.
1: First, I'd like to encourage those of you who may be stuck working from home with small children that it's going to be a mess and it's going to suck, but this too shall pass. And it's okay to give them some pipe cleaners and tape, don't ask. Just hand them over and smile. And you may want to also consider some audible books that they can listen to while they color or play with toys instead of leaning on a screen to occupy their entire day. But if a screen is all you've got, this would be the one time I'd say, do what you got to do.
2: For those of you with older kids, they're most likely going to have to do school remotely. The key here is to make sure that they're really doing their schoolwork and not just playing games and goofing off. You don't want this time to bring their grades down or have a negative impact on their learning.
1: And I know it's going to stink because it means that you're going to have to check in on them a lot while you're probably still trying to
2: work yourself. You may also want to have a conversation with them about being mindful of posting and liking things on social media that have to do with the coronavirus.
1: Yep, I've seen some posts that are supposed to be jokes but are really offensive for Asian Americans and Asians in general. If your kids are posting or even liking these type of memes or jokes, guaranteed it will come back to haunt them later in life. They aren't funny and they're mean. And I just want to throw this out there. Our nation is more divided than at pretty much at any time in history. And I think social media has a lot to do with that. And I'm just going to give you an example. Something that should be kind of funny to just keep your sense of humor. Someone posted on Twitter today. This was their tweet. Chicken Little has just confirmed that the sky is indeed falling. Everyone is advised to take cover immediately and to bring lots of toilet paper with them when they do so. Now, this was just meant as humor, just to try to probably lighten up how people are feeling. But this person who posted this on Twitter is facing serious, serious backlash.
2: Yeah, and you don't want your kids to lose an opportunity, whether it's college or a job, because of something they did in middle or high school, just trying to be silly and... Make a joke online.
1: And now would also be a great time to talk about the various scams that cybercriminals are pulling so kids don't fall prey. We're going to list a few of the current ones making the rounds.
2: The first one is fake map. There are several fake maps that are being promoted online and on social media. Everyone, even kids, want to know where people who have the virus are located. These fake maps actually have malware embedded called corona.exe. It's a type of spyware that steals usernames, passwords, credit card numbers, and other data stored in your user's browser. So if you have a Google account, and who doesn't, really, your information is being stolen. So next up is phishing
1: emails sent by the CDC or the local health department. Now these emails look legit and offer a link to a coronavirus map of your neighborhood or an update on how many people have been infected. But when you click on the link, You're taken to a website that installs malware that can steal your information or it installs ransomware, which is worse, that encrypts all your files and demands money to get them back.
2: And last up is fake charities. You'll either get an email or your kids may see something on social media about donating to help those affected by the virus. These scams operate in two ways. They either steal your information or they work to get you to donate money. Then, once you've donated, they now have your credit card information and can use it to purchase other items like gift cards that you won't be able to track or get your money back.
1: And these scams can also come in via text message, so you may want to put a policy in place with your kids that they aren't to reply back to numbers that text them, even if they say they're from the CDC, their local school, or the FBI.
2: Remind your kids that none of those places would be texting them about the coronavirus.
1: And they may also get some spam texts about purchasing face masks, hand sanitizers, or other items. Remind them to not click on any links they get via text message. And the last thing I'll say is that the best thing we can do as parents is to stay calm, make sure everyone's washing their hands as much as possible, practicing good hygiene, and try to keep our sense of humor. Like Snoopy says... Every time you're able to find some humor in a difficult situation, you win.
0: Thanks for listening to Your Kid's Secret Life with Lisa and Chris Good. To submit your questions, sign up for our free cyber alert emails, or for information on today's show, please go to yourkidssecretlife.com forward slash radio. You can also connect with us on Facebook at Your Kid's Secret Life.